I'm Claire Manship. And I'm Ian Brodsky. And this is The Thing That Happened This Week. Welcome to The Thing That Happened This Week. And that was our intro music by the gents from Austin, Texas. Thanks, the gents. Thanks, the gents. My brother and his friends have a cool band. And nepotistically, they gave us the rights to the music, which is awesome. Like, super cool of you guys. Super cool. And their music's incredible. That song's called Paperweight. They are currently working on new music and new recordings, and it's going to be bomb ass. Check them out, like, from our website or however you can reach them on exactly. the internet. On our website, it'll be under Featured Music, and our website is thisweeksthing.com. Mm-hmm. Their website is thegentsatx.com. Because they're from Austin, Texas, right? Exactly. Or they're based out of Austin, Texas? Yeah. No, I don't I don't know if any of them are from Austin. They might be from... I, I gotta talk to them. <laughs> you know what? I know my brother and um, one of the other bandmates really well because we all grew up together. Cliff, I grew up with my brother. Did I tell you that? <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> but um, the other guys, I, I honestly don't know them as well. I look forward to getting to know them a little bit better. Cool. And then I will, I will have an answer soon about whether they're from Austin. Stay tuned. Yeah, and out of the episode. Okay, guys, here's the deal. We have recorded a couple test episodes, but this is the first one that the world is privy to. This is it. Welcome, world. Welcome, world. Welcome to Ian's apartment. Welcome to my apartment. It's pretty, it's actually pretty spacious, so like, lucky me. It's very big. If you hear echoey sounds, if you hear sirens, if you hear a little rumble, that's the subway, honey. That's the C-train. That's the good old dirty C-train. I hear that a lot of people have, um... Like Stockholm Syndrome with the C-Train. Like you love to hate it, but also like hate to love it's it. It's so true. I kind of like the C-Train because there's not designated seats. It's all one I do row like that. bench I like style. that. I yeah. like that about the C-Train. Um, that's one of the few things I like about it. <laughs> um, I, I was actually talking with someone about it the other day and how it, it tends to be less crowded. I'm going to move my chair in. Oh, please. Um... It tends to be less crowded because everyone's waiting for an A or, in some cases, a D. Well, and people hate it. Like, for whatever reason, it only has eight cars, and the G only has seven cars, I want to say. Sounds about right. Yeah, they're the two, like, kind of discount trains. Like, you're, <laughs> like you're getting a little less train rent for your subway. buck. <laughs> exactly, rent a sub. Oh, my God. That reminds me of that movie Rent-A-Kid. Did you ever see it? No. Rent-A-Kid? Oh, my gosh. It was... It's a total tangent, and this is not the way you start a debut episode of a podcast, but let me tell you, guys, those old, like, they played on Disney or, like, the Wonderful World of Disney on ABC. The DCOMs? Or... But they're not DCOMs. Like, you know what I mean? They were, like... Just family-friendly movies. Yeah, family-friendly movies. Like, um, you know, like, uh, what was that movie? Fat Camp or whatever? Yeah. No, Heavyweights. Fat Heavyweights. Camp is... Fat Camp's the musical that Heavyweights yeah. is the inspiration for, from what I understand. But it's movies like that where they weren't directly made by Disney Studio, but Got they it. were kind of absorbed in their culture mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, I don't know how I got on that from... Uh, rent a train, rent a subway to rent a kid. Yeah. That was a real, uh, real, like, jump. That's okay. I can give you my <laughs> rental story, too. Oh, you um, have a rental story? I mean, like, it's probably not even funny, but, um... So... Mine was... Guys, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm not gonna be the funny one here. <laughs> well, you never know. Um, well, we were... Uh, we, I was doing the producers during college, and um, I played Leo, um, because if you've ever looked at my face, you would say, oh, yeah, that makes sense. For those that um, aren't in the theatrical profession, please explain the plot of the sure. producers. Sorry, thank you. Um, <laughs> so, The Producers is both a movie and a musical by Mel Brooks, 
So it was a movie, then a musical, yeah. then a movie again, then a movie musical. Yeah. yeah, that was that third iteration. So the Sparknotes version of the story is. Leo Bloom, this mousy accountant, neurotic guy, teams up with this big-time failing Broadway producer, and together they put on the what's supposed to be a total flop that's going to make them a million dollars each, called Springtime for Hitler. <laughs> yes, that Hitler. He can say that because he's Jewish. Yes, I can. <laughs> um, um, and so I played Leo, and my best friend played Max, and we were in rehearsal at the time, and we had these... Um, prop swastika armbands that this German Nazi character gives us. Yes. And so we are between like, maybe we're on like a five minute break and my, and we have these rehearsal coats on and one is really well made on my friend Mike's arm. And then I have like the shitty drawn out like swastika with like very present stitching. I mean, how sad is it like in our business that like the show that lets us joke about that is also the one that takes the most detail in the design elements. It's so true. The costume designers and the prop masters on any production of the The producers producers have their work cut out. Well, yeah, but they're also, they're required to like, let's say they do the shitty hand-drawn version in a professional theater. It won't be shitty. And that hand-drawn, I mean, they worked an hour on each armband. Yeah. It's like they're drawing swastikas. Yeah. Bummer. Right? Bummer dude. And like and like our final project product of the show was awesome and it's still one of like my favorite things I've ever been. This was in. college. But this was college. Okay. Uh, but this like Do you like how I had to check if it wasn't yeah. high school? I love <laughs> That's fair pe- though. I love when people say that their high school show was good. They were like, oh gosh, we were the talk of the town. And it's like I'm sure you were You know what? I was famous in high school once and look where I am now. I think we already lost our high school contingency so <laughs> <laughs> if you are a teen tween or in between, sorry Ooh. about it. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. It all but gets it gets better. Also, I can't remember if we've cursed yet, but this podcast is uncensored, y'all. Un yeah. fucking censored. censored. Um but anyway, so so I had this like prototype of the Nazi armband on and my friend turns to me on the break and goes, I got a real swastika armband. You got like rent a Nazi right there. Rent a Nazi And that it got me. It got me. That gets me. Do you yeah. say that regularly? It got me, it got me. No, I, I do now because I've been hanging out with you. <laughs> you know who I I didn't get it from myself either. I got it from my best friend Julie. Yeah. Hey Bear. Shout, shout out, out to, to Julie. Shout out to my bear. Um Julie is my one of my best friends in the whole entire world and she that's her phrase. It, she described it to me once as you say got me when it's so funny you can't even laugh. Right. So like if something it would it would be the equivalency of the of the silent laugh, but mm. it goes beyond that. Like it's it's somewhere in the ether beyond that <laughs> moment. It's more of a spiritual. It's a spiritual. But like if you say something so fucking funny that I can't handle it anymore, got me. Got me. Got me. Yeah. Got me. Julie does it so much better than I do. So it's cool. yeah. Like you 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 take it and you make it your own. You That's know what? what I do with and all the vernacular. Imitation is the highest form of flattery, y'all. Absolutely. Do you believe that? Because sometimes I feel like it just comes off as mockery when people are... If they're being assholes about it, then yeah, but... But it's so hard to pay, like, homage to something that you appreciate without, you know, making it with... Sure. That's the rumble, y'all. Do you hear the rumble of the subway? We'll find out when we listen back to this. But yeah, that's that's the C train. For the one listener out there that is actually me, I will be listening to this. No, don't worry. (laughs) My my parents will be listening, too, so... Oh, your parents... My... I warned my parents that it would be, I warned my mother that it would be uncensored and she was like, oh, well, that's nice, dear. So I'm not sure, I'm not sure if it's going to be a thing that my family really... Is that, (laughs) is that along the same lines of how Southern people say, uh, bless your heart? Well, bless your, so it's frustrating because the rest of the world only knows bless your heart is kind of a 
as a fuck you. As a dig. Yeah, exactly. But that's not really necessarily all of its uses. Bless your mm-hmm. heart. It, it It is the got, got me of the South. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. Like, it could be like, well, he applied to medical school and it just didn't work out. Bless his little heart. Aww. And that's the dig version where it's like, oh, we all knew that was coming. So and so. But the version that I use most frequently is the, is the like, oh man, like, look at you. You look beautiful. It's prom night. Bless your heart. You're amazing. You know, like it it has. Okay. Oh, okay. So I mentioned my mom. I got to mention my brother. Yeah. We were. (laughs) I was going to say like, we are getting so off course and like, that's okay by me. Talking about intro music, guys. My brother is very generous, and his band is super cool. And they let us use their song "Paperweight" for our intro and outro music every episode of the thing that happened this week. That being said, they are the gents, like ladies and gents from Austin, Texas. Hi, guys! Thank you so much. Sup, the gents. Thanks a lot. Sup, the gents. Gents, uh, you live up to your name. That you do, don't they? Though they they does. In our test casts, we talked a lot about, um, which maybe one day we'll let y'all in on how this sounded before we got nice microphones and right before we knew who we it's, were. <laughs> it's pretty holy. Like, oh man, they're really bad, y'all. They're really yeah. bad. The content, I mean, not to like the content bluster us up, but yeah, yeah, the content was it met all the marks. We had fun. It was way less tangenty than this is. Yeah, but like so far, we've hit everything we need to. I think the yeah. intro music. Uh, rent a Nazis. Rent a Nazis. That's check right. Check that off. My mother will not be listening. That we check that off. Yeah, Honey and Larry will be. So Honey and Larry. My parents. Ian's parents. See, I I've never even spoken one word to them, but with names like that, you know they got to be nice. They're they're pretty. I'm pretty like like they're they're awesome. Amazing. Like, as you can tell, I'm pretty speechless about them. So. <laughs> Big ups to the I'm parents. pretty speechless about them, but here are six paragraphs on why Exactly. <laughs> I, it was my thesis in high school. Really? No. Oh, man. <laughs> my th- we did a weird thing in college where it's not necessarily a thesis, but it took the same amount of, of dedication in terms of the page numbers and defending your argument and the whole thing. You just don't have to present it as a research whatever mm. in front of a board of professors or whatever. See, that was the first thing I had to do in high school. Was it? Yeah, um, for ninth grade history. Did you go to like a fancy high school? No, I just went to public school. Um, I did too, and yeah. we were not asked to do anything. It just happened to be like, <laughs> it just happened to be my history teacher's curriculum. Like, and it was it wasn't the first thing I ever did in high school, but that was at the end of the year is that we had to choose two like two historical figures and compare and contrast like their ideas and their philosophies and everything. Totally. So I remember I picked Confucius and another philosopher upon which or upon whom like there was a religion based oh okay um, it might have been like buddhism buddhism and confucianism or something or okay um i forget exactly but i remember like that was the entire like last quarter of that high school was that's amazing creating this thesis so you had a history teacher that really like expanded your mind i yeah. i remember distinctly having a history teacher his name is mr downs he was very sweet, sweet old man. You know when people in high school say, like, my teacher is so old, but they mean, like, someone who could be the age of their parents? I mean, I mean, Mr. Downs was elderly, very elderly. Mm -hmm. And we had my senior year, and he was so sweet. I mean, he would, like, help people do, like, surprise promposals, and, like, he was, like, a cute old man. He just wanted us all to have a good time, and, like, he showed us cool documentaries, and he was so sweet. But I remember distinctly that 
the senior, uh, my senior year of high school, we had an arsonist at our school that kept throwing matches in, you know, it's public school. So we don't have hand dryers. We have paper towels. Yeah, it's public school. They care about the environment, clearly. Um, And so all those paper towels are thrown in the same trash bin. And then we had some kid who thought it was funny to go into all of the men's bathrooms, all the dudes' bathrooms, and drop matches in in the trash can full of paper towels that had since people used them to clean their hands, but since had been dried. So one time we had a bathroom that was like right next to my history classroom. And Mr. Downs was like, okay, watch this, you know, whatever clip. I'll be right back. I'm going to go to the bathroom. And he comes back. He like tears into the room and like flips the door open. And he's like, I saw him. I saw him. I only saw the back of his head, but I ran after him. And then I fell. No. And he was like, oh, no. It was so sad because, and so then he became like a vigilante and like the school paper was like, Mr. Downs is going to catch the arsonist. That's amazing. Like, and, and we never did. No one knew how it happened, but Mr. Downs, I guess was walking. He's the closest you got. He, yeah, he was. He walked into the bathroom at the exact moment that the arsonist had like lit the match and was walking out. So he only saw, he had a hood up apparently. And Mr. Downs only saw like a, from pretty little liars. Mr. Downs only <laughs> saw the black hoodie. Ooh. Hoo-hoo. Although we know who A is now, guys. And if you watch PLL, you know how dissatisfying that was. And if you don't like me, then you're just going to nod and be like, yeah. Yeah, well, when ladies say that they love a TV show, it's way better not to try to understand it and or denigrate it. That's the mistake that a lot of men make is they're like, oh, that's stupid. You're watching the Kardashians and I'm like, I care about them. I consider them family. So it's a lot easier to just be like, I don't get it and walk into the other room as opposed to try and fight some of the innocuous television. I mean, I'd be lying if I said I hadn't seen Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Like, yeah, I'm always surprised when people say that they haven't seen any iteration of their see, franchise. Here's the, like, when I when I was a, a wee lad in high school, um, I was really obsessed with The Soup and Chelsea Lately. The and Soup? So, oh, man. And randomly, like, they would used to have reruns of those, like, on during the day. But between those would be, like, hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of the Kardashians. Right. And me learning what the internet was around that time... We just sort of leave that on the background. So my mom would walk in and there would be like episodes of the Kardashians going and she'd be like, what is your fucking deal, kid? <laughs> and I'd be like, I'm just waiting for the soup to come on. <laughs> One time my brother and I got, I'm not even kidding, in a legitimate fight because we were home at Christmas time or something, maybe Thanksgiving. I was watching the Kardashians and Kevin came down the stairs into the basement and was like, what the fuck are you watching? Like, there, it must have been Thanksgiving because he wanted to watch football. He was like, there's football on Claire. <laughs> and I was like, I just, you know, I just like don't, well, I guess it could have been Christmas too. Why did I just relegate I mean, like, football to Thanksgiving? I just, maybe yeah. I just, I'm just a lady who watches the Kardashians. <laughs> I just associate football and Thanksgiving. Those are the only, that's the only day of the year that football happens for me. Yeah. And maybe the Super Bowl if someone interesting's performing. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, he was yelling at me about that. And I, I mean, I was in a tizzy. I went off, like lost my shit wow. on my brother and was like, they are incredible business people. They have an empire for a reason. They're not just famous for being famous. Their father defended OJ Simpson and he was, and my brother was like, I hate everything about you. No, <laughs> no, no, he did So thanks for letting us use your music. That thanks was very kind of you. Thanks for letting us use it. Guys, I have to say that, what we do here in New York, we're both actors. Ian and I are pursuing... In case you couldn't tell yet yeah. at this point, <laughs> about 12, 15 minutes in. Yeah, 15 minutes in. We um, 
what we do is difficult. It's a cutthroat industry, but music, I mean, they're, although ours is extra competitive, they have a wider field to be fighting. And I think that, you know, the gents were very smart to set up shop in Austin, which is the coolest city ever. Which I've still never been to, but like... What? And I have a thing with like the South and like Texas and stuff. But so here's the thing is Texas is a very different kind of South. Like clear eyes, full hearts can't lose is very different than bless your heart. And every time I talk to someone who's like from or related to Texas in some way, that's what they tell me. So I'm going to have to believe them. And I have family in Texas too. So well, like, and like, and when you get to Texas, they, they kind of talk about it like in quadrants, like North Texas to South Texas, very different. Yeah. East to West, even more different. Oh yeah. Yeah. Big deal. Cause okay. East Texas is touching like Louisiana, you know, that's like a completely yeah. different thing than touching the Mexican border sure. and you know, the four corners of America. Mm-hmm. The Four Corners, we went to the Four Corners when I was a kid. Mm. Apparently, I heard that the Four Corners is not on the actual Four Corners. Because if you try to find the Four Corners, it's like in the side of a cliff. And no one's going to be able to stand in four states at once on the edge of a cliff. I don't know if that's true. That just got really heady to me for a minute. Very heady. But I told someone, they were like, have you ever been to the Southwest? And I was like, yeah, I grew up part of the time in Colorado. We had a cool time at the Four Corners once. And they were like, you were just standing completely in New Mexico. And you're like... I was like, wow, fuck you. Fuck you. you. <laughs> that was a special childhood memory that you ruined. Yeah. Yeah. That's not like one of those like shitty like Toy Story theories. That's like legit like a childhood memory. How do you feel about, about Toy Story theories? About Pixar connective... I'm obsessed. Ooh, tell me about it. I mean like I'm not obsessed in the way that I could tell you everything, but like I will watch those kinds of videos for hours at a time. Like, there is a solid 11 to 15 minute video, I think, by um, the Super Carlin Brothers, which is a YouTube channel about and two brothers. And this one of them explains, like, from before Ice Age, I forget, like, which Pixar movies take place, like, in, like, primitive times. Okay. All the way to, like, WALL-E, and how each of them is connected. Is like, Ice Age, I feel like a... It's is a, that, that's DreamWorks. I don't know if it's DreamWorks or if it's Illumination. Illumination made their debut with despicable me okay right yeah maybe it's dreamworks but i but that that technology has a Mm -hmm. a very real through line yeah yeah in development yeah i mean like i just find it fascinating because everything that he's saying it could make sense oh my gosh yeah and then like i'm also obsessed with those theories that like and i'm so sorry if you haven't heard these before because i'm about to like I guess maybe ruin some stuff. No, we want to hear them. We want to hear them. Guys, here's the thing. We're not going to warn you about spoiler alerts. We're never going to talk about something that's happening on TV right now without a sense of vagueness. So don't freak Mm -hmm. out about that. But if it's something that happened at least two years ago, there's no spoiler alerts. I'm sorry. Because you've probably heard it by now. Yeah, seriously. And if you haven't, like... Dumbledore died. There we go. There we go. Dumbledore died. Book six, okay? That was a long... That wasn't even the last book. Yeah. Fucking love Harry Potter. Although someone ruined who the Half-Blood Prince was for me, they told me. Really? Yeah. I was in I was in a summer production, and we had a summer theater. We're going to get back to Pixar in 30 seconds, because <laughs> I'm really tangential tonight, and I'm very sorry. But we had a summer theater program at my high school. It was very popular. A bunch of kids from local high schools did it, at, and we just happened to host it. And every summer that a Harry Potter book came out, which was maybe like two of the three or four summers I did it, People kept bringing it to rehearsal and it was like distracting people. They were missing call times. There was arguments about people spoiling shit for each other. And so we had a company meeting once as a cast about not bringing Harry Potter book six to Beauty and the Beast rehearsal anymore 
And then people, so funny. people started bringing the Harry Potter books in the sleeves of other books. So they would bring the sleeve of the Da Vinci Code, like a book big enough to cover a Harry Potter book, and they started bringing them to rehearsal. I don't, well, uh, and you can answer this question, was that brilliant or was that pathetic? I think it's brilliant, a little bit. It's frustrating because I was on I was on the spoiled end of uh, things. Okay. It would have been funnier or more interesting if I was the spoiler. That, yeah. But I think that... It's um, always different when you're on that high side. High schoolers are very creative. I had a boyfriend in high school that told me that the way his friends stole beer was they would buy like a big bag of items, like dog food, and then take the beers out of six packs and lay them on top of the dog food and then buy another bag of dog food and put it on top. And then when you go through... The checkout, they're like, we have two bags of this items here, and then they just scan the top one and, and times two. And then you walk out with a bunch of beer. Yeah. High schoolers are fucking stealthy. So they maybe, are. You're maybe right. Maybe we did get you back. I talked about PLL and how high schoolers are smart. So if if we insulted you earlier, we have you back now. Welcome back. Okay, now spoil um, Pixar for us. No, well, th- the big thing I was going to say was there is this theory that Andy's parents are divorced. Oh. Because you never see the dad. I always assumed that she was widowed for some reason. There, I'm sure there's a theory on that too. Is this the one about Emily from Toy Story 2? The, if Maybe. somebody loved me, everything it's connected was to that. beautiful. It's connected to that. Yeah. Oh God, now I'm like questioning myself. Was it that she was widowed or was it that she was divorced? Because part of it was that they got a dog and that's a common sign of divorce. Like, Oh, is it? Yeah. Does that and show then, up other places? Yes, because like maybe a year after I like read that theory... Um, now she's a colleague of mine. She had got a divorce, but they got a second dog. Oh, wow. As that was happening. Oh. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, I feel like that when people have a loss in their lives, they fill it with something, something else. Something, yeah. Yeah, th- yeah that's, that's human nature, I think. I think so, too. Um, but yeah, so like, there's that, and then there's a theory like about the Rugrats that like everything is in Angelica's head. Yeah, and, like, I heard that And all the one. babies were like miscarriages or something, or like... Yeah, the Phil it's, and Lil it's were dark. a miscarriage, and Chucky is like her conscious... Some, exactly. Wait, like, no, not... Is it Chucky? I don't remember, but like it's real dark. That one is I like hella dark. I wasn't allowed to watch Nickelodeon as a kid. Really? Yeah. No, we were Cartoon Network all the way. Because okay. my parents had serious issues with just the way Angelica was such a bitch, the way Cat Dog kind of was trying to do a Beavis and Butthead for kids thing. Like I see. I get it now. I'm I'm a nanny. I, I help, you know, raise other people's kids pretty much for a living. I I get it now. Yeah. The kids that I nanny watch a show on Disney called Jesse. Where mm-hmm. the root of the jokes is always to make fun of, um, the kids are rich, they live on the Upper East Side on the show, and it's always to make fun of the help. Like their butler or their nanny who's oh, name that. is Jesse. Yeah, and so I would equivalent that to the way my parents felt about Angelica and oh, yeah. Doug and all of these kind of, they were edgier shows on Nickelodeon. They're, yeah. I've seen them all now, but they, they were edgier. Yeah. Then Space Goes Coast to Coast and Johnny Quest. I was going to say, but if you're not watching Nickelodeon all the time, Cartoon Network is like yeah. just as amazing. I remember the day Cartoon Network debuted. I remember the day I found out I had Cartoon Network. Oh, did you guys have like a limited TV plan? Or it was like a basic local channels. Well, it was a basic cable subscription or whatever. Like, so we had Nickelodeon, and then there was like a massive like TV channel like shift and stuff. Okay. And then I just remember scrolling through the channels, and suddenly Cartoon Network was right there. Yeah. It was amazing. I remember playing a computer game, and my mom came into the room and was like, "And this is like on Windows ninety five. And my mom is like, Claire, there's a new, you know, TV show happening in the other room. And I went and it was Space Ghost Coast to Coast. And he was like, welcome to a new network called Cartoon Network. Nice. Yeah. 
was crazy. It's fascinating. So let's talk about the thing that happened this week. Let's talk about the thing that happened this week. You want to go first? No, I want you to go first. Okay. okay. Mine's going to be pretty quick. Um, I'm sure. I, I, we'll find ways to hash sure. it out. Um, because we had a thing that happened this week when we tested the first time. And then I, we had a, and then I, like, our second test was just a follow-up to the other thing that happened that week. Exactly. Um, but the thing that happened this week, this is actually the thing that happened today. Oh! Um, yeah. Nice little surprise. So the thing that happened this week today is I caught up with a somewhat newer friend on this, like, as far as the scale of, like, being born to now. Like, on the newer side of being my friend, but I kind of consider her now, like, an old friend because amazing yeah and she she's also an actress and she's a diesel fiddlist fiddler fiddler diesel i have never heard anyone describe she's, anything as diesel she's a phenomenal fiddler um and like i played violin for pretty much my whole life and i did classical stuff but i learned so much from working on this show with her she has kind of been going through a hard time lately Bummer. um yeah and um a lot of things sort of fell out and she's kind of and she feels that she's kind of back at square one and i'm trying to keep this as vague as possible because i don't want to give any names or like or violate any code of trust um with our friendship because she means so much to me at this point she was able to confide in me today just about how things are going on a truthful sense and and when and when she was telling me that she was like i'm sorry i'm bending to you and i it was my pleasure to say, like, you. I think you needed this, and I think you need to talk to someone. So I was really just excited to see her again because we met doing Woody Guthrie's American Song. Um, Where was that? That was at the uh, it was at the Shadowland Theater, and then right before it, um, it transferred to the Shadowland from the Chenango River Theater. Cool. And we got our equity cards like on, um, on that show together so for those that don't know what equity is it is the one of the actors unions and stage managers unions uh unionizes stage actors um so everybody you see on broadway is a member of actors equity most people you see on national tours actually maybe not so many now but no and you need to ask if it's equity Here's the thing. We are both in Actors' Actors Equity Equity. Association, and I feel very strongly about the union's campaign for Ask If It's Equity because there are a lot of shows on the road Mm -hmm. that claim that they are an iteration of the Broadway company, and none of the people in the company are a member of the union, which means that they have no insurance, they earn very little, Mm -hmm. and sometimes the working conditions aren't great. I mean, even... In our professional circumstances, we have had some shows, I'm sure, where there are weird stuff going on backstage, yeah. things are cramped, but I never felt unsafe, and, and I always got to contribute to a 401k. <laughs> yeah. And what's great about any weird conditions in our situation now is that there's a set of guidelines on how to deal with it. Yes. Like, we're protected, and that's what's that's the whole thing about, like, if, if you're an actor and you're listening to this and you're confused about the Ask If It's Equity, like, whole... Debacle. Debacle. It's pretty dramatic. It's pretty dramatic. It drives the stake between union and non-union members. What we love about this idea of it is that we want our colleagues and ourselves and the people we love in this business to be protected. Exactly. That's what it comes down to. I can't, it's so crazy to think that someone out on the road, like they could claim workers comp if something falls from the fly space onto the stage. The fly space is where all of the interesting things just float up into the ether and you don't know where they go. You know, it's just crazy to think that that could be the reason that someone's out of work forever and they have no way to claim that in court or protections. It's just really insane. And if you're you're a non-equity actor getting work out there, good for you. Yeah. Way to go. Keep it up. 
because we're we, rooting for you. It is more important. I won't say it's more important, but I will say that it is vastly important as well to have actors working at all. Because Absolutely. jobs are so few and far between. Absolutely. But I think that, I mean, non-union members are also educated about their circumstances, and I think yeah. a lot of them are working toward union membership. And It seems to be a goal. you got to take some risks to risk yeah. it to get the biscuit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. We got off on another tangent. That's but, okay. Um, but your friend. But yeah, so we got our equity cards around the same time. Um, luckily for her, she gets a lot of work. And so we only get to catch up every so often. And then today, um, it was just one of those days. And we're going to meet up again real soon and really get to catch up again. And I'm just excited about that because she is someone that, for, like, for some reason when we met, like she and I just bonded pretty quickly. And totally. we spent, like this cast of like six people spent three months together. All cooped up in the same theater because at the first theater we were literally living in like the offices outside, like in the theater space. And then we transferred to Shadowland and we were just all together for three months. And right away, like she and I bonded and I always wanted the best for her. And I, of course I still do. Um, so I was just really, it was really nice that she felt comfortable being able to vent to me and being able to confide in me. And right. Maybe it's me and my trust issues from growing up, or maybe it's being in this business that is so very every man for himself that it's really nice to have those moments where you sort of just sit back and have a heart-to-heart. Right. Um, and she and in the UCB community, because I, in case you couldn't guess, I'm a straight white man who likes to do improv. <laughs> um, but in the UCB community... Um, before every show, the teams like teammates go around to each other and just put a hand on each other's shoulder and say, "We got your back," or "I got your back." I, didn't I got your know back. That. I got your back. Yeah. So UCB is the Upright Citizens Brigade. It is an amazing improv school and yeah. performance ground and creation studio of amazingness that was founded by Amy, Amy Poehler, Matt Walsh, Matt Besser, and Ian Roberts. Yeah. Um, and they put on like some of the most amazing improv shows you'll ever see. And they some have, of the most amazing sketch comedy shows. And They have two spaces in New York City, the original mm-hmm. one in a basement in Chelsea and another one called UC Beast mm-hmm. in the East Village. Yeah. And um, they're both putting on incredible work at all times. We have so many cool upcoming guests that are UCB affiliated. Yeah. We'll talk more about that later, but UCB is where it's at. It's true. Um, and I'm so happy that I found it, as, are, as is every other straight white 25-year-old man. Um, but... <laughs> But so that Except going the ones back, in the financial district, exactly. honey. <laughs> so going back to that like, tradition of like, I got your back, I got your back, I got your back. And so I started doing that before shows, like before opening nights. So I did that at um, I did that at the opening of Woody Guthrie, and I did that um, at the opening of the last show I just finished. And it's and like it, it's something that rings true because that's what it comes down to in this business is. If you're lucky enough to be working, you're lucky enough to be performing, you're lucky enough to be getting to do what you love to do, then you all have to be there for each other. Right. And it's an honor that she knows I'm there for her, and I know that she knows that, I know that she knows that I know that she's there for me. Totally. And that's the thing that happened this week for me. Oh my goodness. Well, I really appreciate, I mean, Ian is a really thoughtful person in general, and I appreciate that what he brought to the table this week is is both personal and um, very in character for him to Thank be a you. good a good listener. <laughs> Guys, I feel like I'm talking all of the time, but when I go to lunch with Ian, I definitely dominate the conversation. It's okay. Like, he's an active listener. He loves listening. Uh, like I do love listening because I like, and I'm so I have such as a bad much memory. As I love talking. Exactly. 
that's why this works, Claire. Because, um, like, I am, like, I could have such a bad memory, and, like, my memory is so random of what I remember. Like, I won't remember someone's birthday, but I'll remember that someone I met the first week of college lives in the last house in Queens. Whoa. Legit. There's a sign next to her house that says, Welcome to Long Island. Wow. Yeah. So that's how my mind works. That's incredible. Um, but like I love, but I do like listening to people, and I do, f- and uh, I do feel like I'm that friend who people go to to vent to, even if they just need someone to vent to, and that's, and I'm okay with that. I like that a lot, and I know, and like I'm comfortable enough to have those people in my life that I go to for venting when I need it. So it all right. works out. Well, the part that really stood out for me when you were telling, you were talking about the conversation you had with her. Right was that um, she apologized for venting. And I think that uh, I'm definitely biased in listening to this because I'm coming from a female perspective to begin with. But I think for some reason, and you know, there's a lot of buzz about this, like women are somehow cultured into saying I'm sorry for things that we shouldn't apologize for. Mm -hmm. And I know that she was apologizing for the moment to be like, here's the part where you can like tell me that it's cool and like, we can continue talking about this or she was kind of giving you an out. And what I think is unique about that is that you said, you know, you consider her close, but you don't get to see each other very often. And sometimes we're, I don't know, socially in the moment of niceties. Like we're just used to, if I don't see you for a long time, we should Mm -hmm. sit down and only chit chat about things that are surface level. And she went to a real place. And I think maybe, you know, it sounds like it freaked her out a little bit. Yeah. And again, without going into too many details and stuff, because this is all in the interest of her disclosure, like she had a very traditional upbringing and she grew up in a very conservative uh, environment and essentially her life was set out for her that regardless of what she did, like for a living, there were certain, there was like a certain path to follow. Yeah. And she did. And then. She's someone who is unique in that way that once she got out to the world, she realized, like, and again, like, I don't want to put words in her mouth. If she listens to this and tells me I'm completely wrong, then that's fair. That's on me. But I think she got out in the, into the world of show business yeah, and discovered who she really is as a person. Um, and that changes, especially when you're in your 20s. And it's amazing and it's scary and it's ev- literally every emotion in the book. I'm just happy that I could be here for her in that moment. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. I think that it is so cool that you made the opportunity for any kind of talk, not knowing it was going to go deep, but then also sticking around for those moments as well because everyone in this city is so impatient. They don't make time to make genuine interpersonal connections. Mm -hmm. And that connectivity makes communities and i think it's way it's way easy to feel like an island out here absolutely an island on this island and i think that goes beyond our business like that i think that's a very new york typical thing yeah because everyone in this city is working their ass off and hustling and just nose to the grindstone all the time yes and i mean that's what i love about new york city that's one of the many things i love about new york city but though and i'm a libra so i'm all about balance but those moments (laughs) And I'm a Gemini. I'm all about opposition. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I didn't know that was Ian's sign, but now this all makes sense to me. And it's like I'm not into astrology or anything, but like, oh, I a hundred percent (laughs) am. And and further, that's the further point. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, like the all of that balance of like the work and the play, like that's that is important to me. So that was a moment of 
like real talk play. I love it. Thank you. Buddy, it's so cool that you're a good you're a good friend to me. It sounds Thank like you. you're a good friend to this person. Uh-huh. And if she's listening, I'm appreciative that she was open with you so you could bring this to our table. Oh, well, shout out to you, friend. To you, friend. We feel for you. We love you. And we're sending you energy. Don't let it end, dear friend. Ooh, what is that? She loves me? <gasps> Wait, no. What? I was in She Loves Me. I, um, don't, I do not the, remember the, that the, at all. The, I was going to say the season finale, the act one finale. Oh, oh, okay. Maybe I do remember. Yeah, I mean, I was Alona, so my music was like uh, all like samba and bossa nova and like patter quick you must have been the best alone of though oh no well you know i was the understudy um so this amazing girl Brittany weir who went to elon with me she was the alona for all the other performances okay and um i i was the understudy and the understudy cast had been really diligent about getting shit done in rehearsal and they were developing a charity performance for a charity um i don't know if it's north carolina specific Mm -hmm. i I know it's a national chapter it's called little pink houses of hope And, um, yeah, Little Pink Houses of Hope is really cool. They um, refurbish and build homes for families that are affected by, I think it's just breast cancer because it's Pink Mm -hmm. Houses of Hope, but it might be all forms of cancer. And essentially families that have need new homes or have let their homes go by the wayside to pay medical bills Mm. they will put them in new homes or build them new homes i didn't even know about that it is very very cool but i hadn't heard about it until then so anyway we did a charity performance for little pink houses of hope and they let that be the understudy performance because it was it was by donation to to enter the show it wasn't a ticketed that's so cool yeah it was very cool i felt super lucky to be a part of it but it's so funny that you sang that, and I'm like, I don't, I don't remember at all. But it has been, it has been a minute. It's been a minute. I always say like college was just a, a second ago, but I mean, it's been it's a been good chunk of years. Three and a half now. years. God damn. I know. Ugh. Uh, Twenty five and still uh, alive. Yeah, still Holding on. Still alive. Well, um, and we talked a little bit about New York. New York can really harrow your memories. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Because oh, I, I was in an audition recently, and. One of the guys behind the table was like, oh, you did this show. And I was like, oh, yeah, did you work on it? He was like, yeah, I was the stage manager of that theater. Oh, no. Like, until, like, pretty much, uh, like, from until you got there. And I was like, oh, yeah, that was, yeah, that was, like, oh, three years ago. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank God that he wasn't your stage manager and, like, you forgot about him or her, like. No, like, luckily, like, we had not crossed paths I heard, I had a casting director tell me kind of a nightmare story one time about an actor, this was like by word of mouth, it wasn't in one of his auditions, but an actor came into an audition with the full artistic team for whatever show this was, and then after he sings or does a monologue or whatever, the director's like, oh, you worked on such and such a show with so and so, and he's like, yeah, man, he was a great director, and he's like, really, because the, uh, you know, I've heard he's kind of an asshole. And the actor's like, oh, yeah, well, I mean, some people say that, but we, we never had too much trouble with each other. And he's like, uh, and he's like, oh, cool, well, actually, I'm that director. <laughs> and the actor had, like, padded their own resume and, like, lied that they had worked somewhere and that director was in the room. And I, Oh, my gosh. No. Isn't that right? And it's like, who is that a no for? You know, it's like, no for the actor, but also no no for everything. (laughs) It's just a no for that entire situation. It's so funny. Well, that kind of brings me to the thing that happened this week, like a crazy story, just something kind of out of the ordinary. I had a dream last night. Ooh. 
Oh, yeah. So was it the thing that happened this week or the thing that happened to me this week? I had a dream. <laughs> I had a dream. I had a dream last night that I was at uh, a party in a space that was kind of familiar. You know when you attribute a space that you've seen in real life to to a dream? Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't necessarily be, ha- be attending a party in the space in the real world, but in this dream, I guess there was a party being hosted there. A bunch of people I don't know at the party. And the furniture's kind of askew. Maybe there was a pillow fort being built. Like, there were a lot of, like, childlike activities being mm-hmm. being enjoyed by adults. And at the party is a group of three people. It's There's lots of people at the party, but the people that I kind of had focused in the dream were three people. Two guy friends, platonic, like, besties, I guess, that are, that are dudes, maybe, like, in their early 30s. And then a, a, the third person was a woman who was with one of these guys. And they were kissing and everything. And for whatever reason, I was supposed to be striking up a conversation with the single guy, but was, like, fascinated with the one who was already taken. Hmm. And I kept having... You know when you're in that sleep state where you're slightly awake so you feel like you can create the outcome that you desire yeah so i was trying to get the guy to leave his girl and the best friend to like fall by the wayside so we could focus on talking to each other me and this 30 something you know like guy in my dream and it's not working out like the best friend falls by the wayside but the girl is clinging to the guy more and more and more And the whole time the party's going on. And by this time the sun's come up and like I'm trying to show the guy I'm a good person. So like I'm cleaning up the room. So this is all happening simultaneously. It's really confusing. And the only word that I'm identifying is the word threesome. Because I'm convinced that the only way I can get this dude to be with me because the girl won't let go of him is a threesome. Now I have never had a threesome. That I've never even gotten in the neighborhood of threesome. Like that's not a thing. Um, but that being said, I wake up, right, in the real world. Now we're in real life. We're in real life, We've Ian. It's up. getting fucking real. So we're in real life. I wake up, and I realize that the only reason that I could identify the word threesome and not anything else that was going on in the dream was because I was dreaming in French. Ian's mind is blown. What the fuck? Okay. I have dreamt in French once before. I okay. speak I speak French to the degree that Americans are like, oh, you speak a foreign language. But if I went to France, which I'm, I'm going to go next year, and it's probably going to be a disaster. Because my, my sense of fluency is very American, like an American bar to mm-hmm. meet. So I, I'm sitting up in bed, and I was getting ready to record another segment for a future episode, and was like really rattled by this happening to me. Because I was like, why is the word that I could identify, probably because I don't know, well, I do know what the phrase is in French, it's menage à trois. Menage à trois, that's like the one French phrase anybody knows. Anybody knows, yeah, or voulez-vous coucher avec moi, ce soir. But I, but the, I was so confused, and maybe you can help me kind of like psychologically hash it out, but like, why was that the one word that I identified, even though I did know the French phrase, clearly I yeah. knew it. yeah. But the rest of the dream, I was I was listening to it back in my head, and I I can't remember the conversations distinctly. But I was sure. talking to the guy in French. They were a French group of three mm. people. The best friend was French. The girl was French. Like everyone at the party was French. Yeah. 
So it really freaked me out. And I, I've dreamt in French once before, and I talked to my cousin about it. Cause she truly is fluent, like, to mm-hmm. the level of, of, of uh, Francophilic French. Mm-hmm. Um, and she told me that when you dream in a foreign language, that constitutes fluency. Like, that's what mm. most, most people believe is um, the highest form of fluency. That's cool. And so I was kind of thinking about That's it, like maybe maybe when you get drunk and you're speaking to a foreigner, like the words, even though you you may not be the best speaker in their language, it starts tumbling out of your face because you're drunk. I was like, maybe that's the same as being in a dream state, huh. like the words tumble. And I can barely... It's fascinating. <clears throat> it's nighttime now, so I'm like pretty far from the dream, yeah. from the time I had the dream. And I, I'm trying to remember what the conversations were about, and they're starting to eluding me. The dream is getting... The dream is getting further from my yeah, mind. Yeah, it gets it's get it gets uh it but, gets fuzzier. But I can remember that the only English word was threesome. <laughs> oh. Ha <laughs> ha! And the only and everything else was in French. Huh. Everything else. Huh. I think I was myself in the dream. I think I was American. Okay. I, like it was Claire at this party. It was in the it was in the first person. Sure. Yeah, but I was not like omniscient to my own thoughts. I was just watching myself in the scene. Sure. Yeah, so that's huh. the thing that happened to me this week. It's fascinating. Weird French dream, en français. Oui. Oui, way. Oui. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, I, oh, God. Where to begin? Um, well, let's begin with when you haven't experienced something, right? I've never had a threesome. Yeah. I've never even... I. You know what? Someone did ask me to be at the third in their threesome one time, but there's no, there's no way possible that I would even get near realm of that i'm just such a boring nobody sure (laughs) Sure. no because i'm like yeah i identify yeah Um, exactly so so why was that the singular word that i could like pull out of this experience that's a good question is that a vice that people use like when they want someone's boyfriend they're like hey we should have a threesome is that something i don't know at home you should write to us at this week's thing at gmail.com because that's something i've never even like i mean that's never like ever come up in my realm of being at all yeah either like and mostly have, it's because i'm also a boring little nobody um, have you ever been to like a music festival because sometimes they have tents no. tents like devoted to for, threesomes for, and orgies and shit jesus christ i'm not surprised but no i'm I not haven't. you know what um i think i read it on cosmo they had like an inside scoop on on one of those tents at like coachella or bonnaroo or something gross yeah gross. um I mean, like, the thing, I, I don't know if it's so much about the threesome, or, like, what a threesome is. Maybe it's more about, like, the idea of three, because there's mm. always there's always a thousand things having to do with three, because there's yeah. Holy Trinity, there's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, um, is that the Holy Trinity? Yeah, uh, Ian's cool. Jewish, so that was I'm, a reach. Yes, so, I'm proud of myself. Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, uh, Holy Spirit, you know, whatever, um, but it's, a, the concept is supposed to be that... God and Jesus and the ethereal spirit that kind of covers all forgiveness mm. of sins and entry to heaven and all these other things is the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, whatever. And um, they're supposed to be one and the same. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I mean like... They have separate identities with like similar souls. Oh, that's you scratching yourself. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I was just scratching that's my okay. knee. <laughs> um, but... There's always this idea of threes, how like good things come in threes, bad things come in threes, holy trinity, um, celebrity deaths in threes, celebrity deaths. Um, what else in three? I had another one. Um, We're big about triangles in the true. theater. It's true, triangles about creating triangular pictures exactly. in the theater. Exactly, um, but I think it's more of like there's something having to do with the idea of 
three. I don't know what that is because I'm not a dream interpreter by any means, but I'm sure you could ask anybody like their interpretation and regarding to the idea of three because there's something like perfect about this idea of three, like yeah. rule of threes in comedy. Um, That's real. Yeah. Three times is funny. Three times the charm, yeah. Third yeah, times third the charm. times the charm. Um, so there's Three's so, company. Three's company. So there's something, I think that has something to do with it. As far as like how that relates to you and your being and your going on, like what sticks out to me is this idea that you're talking to someone who ha- who is like unattainable. Yeah. And I mean, that could be anything because like it could, because there's an aspect about love in there, even though it's not like, even though it's about the interest of the guy, but like. Well, and I was, I was in love with a Frenchman. I was engaged to a Frenchman at one time. So I know, and I think about, his name was Jace. I think about Jace Mm -hmm. a lot, all the time. So, and. All the time. And so like, and that's another thing. It's like, dreams could be as much about symbolism as they are about just shit in your life. Well, and I think the thing that was most trippy to me was less about the whatever the message might have been, mm-hmm. but that when I recognized, when I was cognizant of the fact that all of it was in French, you know, after you wake up, you start remembering things throughout the yeah. day. I was like, wow, I can't remember the conversations, but that was a level of fluency that I have never personally achieved. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's because I'm retaining all of these like rules of the language and the, and the conjugations and, you know, you want to achieve reading, writing, speaking, and listening to yeah. all the same, you know, upper echelon of practice. And I just, I'm surprised that I know my personal level of conversational fluency. Mm-hmm. And it's good enough to get by, but it's not going to, I can't put descriptors with bilingual. adverbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't consider myself perfectly bilingual. And from what I remember of this dream, without the context of the conversations, I remembered that the conversation was flowing in such a way that I knew colloquialisms that I have never even known before. I've never studied before. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that that idea stands out. And, like, part of that is because you're going to France soon. Like, that's on your mind. I am going to France soon. And I'm so fucking jealous. (laughs) Um, So, but, like, yeah, going to France. That's on your mind. This guy, on your mind. Um... This, like, idea of, unatta- of like, not unattainability, but, like, having to work for something that's so hard to get because yeah. you were working hard. And, like, this goes back to this idea that I've carried with me since college. One of my acting professors was like, does this character live out of love or out of fear? And Whoa. Right? Whoa. And. My mind just blew. Yeah, it's, like, all over my kitchen. <laughs> It'll be a quick cleanup. I don't time. know why I've been um, doing this, like, Jay-Z, like, ha-ha! Laugh. But I've been like, dude, I've been doing it a lot, guys. That's um, really not how I, not how I laugh. Um, yeah, maybe it is now. I maybe don't know. it is now. Like you can develop. You can, you can. <laughs> I'm listening. It's a to pretty my, great laugh. I'm, <laughs> I'm listening to myself laugh, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I'm like Bette Midler and Hocus Pocus. Like, <laughs> here's the thing: if you really get me laughing, though, like mine doesn't sound genuine, and like. Yeah. It's so like it's so you do a you do a silent laugh like when you get I shocked do. by a joke you do a silent laugh. But like if you get me cracking up a little, it sounds like <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You do. It's almost like um, Woody the Woodpecker. Yeah, and like and everyone is either like that's my favorite <laughs> laugh in the world or that can't possibly be a real laugh. That gets um, me. Oh, that got yeah. me. That's funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, and you're someone like I know who I'm sure like does a lot of things out of love. And maybe I'm wrong because no, like that's I, a very personal thing. I'm definitely but. the giver in any relationship mm-hmm. that I'm in. 
Sure. I think that it's um, unreasonable to ever think that any relationship will be 50-50 at any time. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. it's your 60-40 and sometimes it's my 60-40 or 90-10 or, you know, however mm-hmm. it is. But in most of my relationships, predominantly romantically speaking, I am always the giver. I am sure. always more generous of my time, my thoughts, my care. Mm-hmm. And I think it definitely pushes people away in a way because especially here, like you said, there's the hustle. Yeah. And for all of the... For all the times, for the two times here in New York that I felt like I was falling in love or already in love with this person, I clearly was giving more. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work out for probably partially that reason. Sure. And I'm not here to give you advice on your love, like on your love You're and the not, way you operate. Isn't this the Love Doctor podcast? Oh, shit. Oh, shit. We need to do some rebranding. Oh, damn. Oh, guys. And we guys, bought a website so, and everything. Oh, we have a SoundCloud account. <laughs> We have theme music. The only thing that trips me up about the dream is the third guy. Why did the I replace guy. him? Why was I annoyed that but they were also friends? also threes, woman guy guy. Yeah, but the woman, but but the but the but uh, yeah. But you know, the like, third who, guy, like, what's his deal? Who was he, and where did he go after I was after I was yeah. like weaseling my way in there? And why was well, I cleaning this apartment? That uh, that too. That too. Did you do some cleaning that day? I'm always doing some cleaning. I oh, don't well. think that I have ever suffered from, I mean, because it's truly a, a, an incapacitating in sure. some ways, um, debilitating disease, uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. Mm-hmm. And when people accuse me of being OCD, I'm like, I'm not, I'm mm. not. And people who are, it's, it's very, even this week, Amanda Zyfred came out as OCD. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I don't know exactly what form her OCD takes, but it is apparently causing her life such difficulty stress. and stress that she came out as like an advocate for for mental illness really yeah um wow and i think about that and people tease me because i'm really meticulously clean i'm really i like to live in an immaculate space but it's like what's the word uh like organized chaos. it's not quite chaos but organized jumble Sure. Organized jumble. Like, you, like everything, I know everything in the drawer, and when you open it, it's not all lined up and perfect and in the exact order, but, like, clearly the things in the drawer go together. You know what I mean? Ian, yes, but I feel like... thought. I feel like <laughs> Organized Jumble could be the episode of... The title of this episode. <laughs> Debut episode one, Organized, organized jumble. jumble. So we were, yeah, we were talking about this earlier, guys. Like, we're gonna... We don't really know where the podcast is headed. We have booked... Over 10 guests that are all power players in entertainment, oh, PR, yeah. marketing, improv. I mean, we have some funny, thoughtful fucking people. We have some amazing people for you to look forward to. Yeah. Go to thisweeksthing.com slash guests and you can see all the people that are coming up. And we're constantly updating the list, but you're going to be blown away by this talent. And so we were talking about how do we introduce guests, yeah. what are our segments, and how are we going to name the episodes. But this episode will now be episode one. Organized jumble. jumble. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. That's this week's thing. In one of our, that is this week's thing. In one of our test casts, I said um, an onomatopoetic phrase that we can't tell you because then we turned it into our password for, <laughs> for all of our social <laughs> for media For all our handles. social media and email and everything. Um, well, now I think we're at that portion. We're already talking social media. So maybe yeah. we're going to do our quiz, guys. Okay. Here is the quiz. When we have guests on, we have formulated a not-so-scientific five-question quiz to get to know our guests, but for you to know us a little better in our debut episode, we will be quizzing each other. Yeah. Ian, would you like to go first? To answer them or to ask them? To answer them. Okay, sure. Yeah, because I I was just talking. Okay. 
Our five questions begin with, what are you obsessed with at this moment? At this moment, at this moment, I am obsessed with Apple products. Yeah, you and are. it is because, like, I am developing this podcast with you. And I'm developing a production of The Nutcracker with two now, like, dear friends and colleagues of mine. Amazing. And the way I am doing all of this is through use of iCloud from having things talk from my computer to my phone to my watch to my friends and just being able to have all of that like in one space like it is like I've just been so fascinated by like the productivity that I've been able to achieve by typing a little bit on my laptop and then being able to pull it up um on my phone later that day because with the new updates to the software, this is me geeking out now. Um, <laughs> with the new updates to the software on iOS 10 and uh, Mac OS Sierra, you can use Pages, Numbers, and Keynote, which is like uh, Mac's, uh, Apple's version of Microsoft Office Suite. Okay. You can edit a document on there, and then you could pull it up on your phone, and it will already have been edited. Whoa. Kind of like Google Drive and everything, but... Yeah, because earlier we were Google Driving, yeah. and we were driving that Google. We were driving the Google. Yeah, and you were saying it was live updating. It's true. So that was really cool. So short story long, Apple products. That's amazing. Thank you. Okay, question number two is Desert Island. Okay. Three items. Now, normally we'll just ask our guests the three items that they would take to a generalized desert island. But Ian and I have been playing this game the last two weeks. So now the islands have taken on uh, quite quite their own um, personalities. So a desert island where you have been lured there by sirens, a la the Odyssey. Ooh, ooh. Three items for a siren ooh. island. I'd... Condoms. <laughs> <laughs> but if they're sirens, does that mean they're like mermaids and it's like... A siren that... has two tails. If you want to see a siren, just go to a Starbucks. Touche. Touche, honey. Um, I would definitely bring my ukulele because ladies love musicians. And they're singing. They can sing And they're sing singing. Along. Like, I would somehow, like, me and my dumb self would, like, manage to not know that I had, like, just tricked, like, everybody into forming a band. Um... <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, that's cool. Like, yeah, I, of the course. sirens. Yeah. Like, yes. Um, so that, for some reason, I'd want to bring like, like a fire starter kit. Okay. Because for some reason, I'm craving s'mores right now, and like that's just how that came up. But also, like you that heard would my be good. Ars- my arson story, that's and really it. felt like that's going for it. That's probably it. It's your so, time, Ian. It's your calling. It's my calling. Um, so I would bring that because like survival and everything, and then. Um, because survival. Because survival and <laughs> survival and, and s'mores. Yeah, and s'mores. Um, you c- fire you gotta bring kit? the s'mores fixins if you're gonna bring fire starter for s'mores. Then yeah, then yeah. I guess like the gram, the grams, the chocolate, the marshes. What is your marshmallow burning ratio? Like when you Ooh. when you roast marshmallows, what camp do you live in? Actually, <gasps> literally and figuratively, what camp Ooh. do you live in? Um. Something made out of trees. Totally. I love campsite like, made out of trees. Yeah, like I would my campsite would totally be like like second like not like all the way up in the trees, but like second level. Okay. Like, like and then sensible also, walk up. Figuratively, what camp do you live in in terms Look, of how do you roast a marshmallow? So, 
one of uh, our collaborators on the Nutcracker on Dance It Yourself Nutcracker. Check it out. Yes, um, please. Ian is developing this incredible project. Yeah. You're going to hear about it for weeks and weeks and weeks. Oh, yeah. So I won't bore you with it now. Um, but That's not boring. Thank you. We had a production meeting one night, and our um, music director slash conductor, because we have a live orchestra, he and his wife, like, cooked for us. Yeah. And, like, bought us, like, s'mores fixin'. And he showed us, like, the perfect, in my opinion, the perfect way to roast a marshmallow, which is, like, evenly golden around, like, the whole thing. You keep turning and turning you and turning. You keep turning and turning and turning. But if it's gone black, you've gone too far. Oh. So it is still, like, in its shape, but it's, like, malleable and warm and gooey enough mm-hmm. so that you could, like, sandwich it in and Smush take it, it off. And, like, there's no, like, hot marshmallow goo running down. Like, that's, yeah. that's to me, like, that's the camp I live in. Hot you? marshmallow goo is kind of a good feeling, though, when it burns your finger a little bit. It's kind of like when oh, you purposefully at the dinner table put your finger in the wax of the candle just to peel it off and feel how soft your skin is afterward. But with a marshmallow, you get to eat. You get to eat it. Yes. Ian is giving uh, me the yes, yes. Nice, yes. How I, uh, you know what, the last time I, <laughs> the only real time as an adult that I, like out of college, that I um, <laughs> was roasting marshmallows. I was down in Florida at Christmas time, and um, my mom had a gathering of family friends uh, that she invited me to to go and meet a bunch of her neighbors. And I was getting so impatient because there were so many kids there that they, you know, you get those marshmallow sticks, the little mm-hmm. the stick that you hold over the fire, but you have to share them. You know, you have to pass them around, and there's fucking kids there yeah. that won't pass me a marshmallow Bullshit. stick. So I'm just eating Hershey bars and graham crackers. Ah. Finally, finally, I get my turn with the marshmallow, and I'm turning, and I'm turning, I'm trying to make it perfect because I waited all this time, but I get so impatient, I just set it on fire. I set it on fire, I blow it out, I stuck it in, like, it tasted great. I kind of uh-huh. like, I kind of like a little burnt, you know? Like, there's there's something good about, like, a little, like, natural I kind of like char. burnt toast a little bit, too. Like, I like things when they're my, a little overdone. My mom I like loves meat, burnt toast. I like meat and eggs and stuff underdone, like, any really? protein underdone, but, like, bread, bready, starchy, sugary things, I like to have a little crispy overdone. Really? Yeah. My mom loves burnt toast. Like, Does and, she? And I like my toast very much. My mom likes toasted. extra crispy fries. She likes her fries yeah, burnt. I do like them. Um, and like growing up, I always had to like, not yell at my mom, but I always be like, Mom, you don't get it. I don't like my toast burnt. I like it very lightly done. Like, I like it barely toasted. Lightly done. Gosh, yeah, you like, were a I'm little such, <laughs> difficult. Yeah, yeah I'm, 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 I was such a weird-ass child. It's like, it's a miracle I made it this far. Amazing. Okay, um, question three. Question three is, what are you watching slash listening to right now? I am listening to Nina Simone, actually. Yeah, you are. Like, Blackbird, honey. Blackbird, because... Fun fact about me, in addition to being an actor, performer, musician, etc., I did a couple gigs off-Broadway as a props master, but like, and I was miserable, so I worked Your on... Your off-Broadway debut was handing someone props. No, well, my off-Broadway debut was Piggy Nation. But, okay, all right, <laughs> um, you know, all right, the shade was Piggy Nation, <laughs> Um, my second off-Broadway show was... Um, your return, your great my, my return, return to off-Broadway off was, was... props! Yeah, it was, and oh, not even, man. like, being there for the shows. It was just literally, like, buying and gathering props. Which is hard work. It's fucking hard work. It paid me jack shit. If you are a theatrical technician or designer in any way, or or on the stage managerial side, we are reaching out to we you. We salute you. Through the microphone, yeah, we salute you. But, I mean, like, and... One of my best friends from college is a props person, and, like, she's a resident, like, she's amazing, like, it wasn't for me. 
Um, okay. And these situations, they paid me jack shit, and it just wasn't worth my time for the money. That being said, I'm going to bash a show now. Um, <laughs> so, rewind. In addition to being a performer, I did some props work in the past, and one of the shows I worked on was the recent uh, incarnation of Soul Doctor. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, and, like, that was a super... I don't know a lot about Soul Doctor. No one really does. Um, So it's about this... It ran kind of around the same time as Dr. Shivago, and I kept confusing the two of them. (laughs) They're Um, very different. (laughs) But, yeah, um, so it's about this... uh, very Jewish singer named Shlomo Karlabach, and he has this relationship with Nina Simone. Oh, wow. So, and like, and this, I, is, this is based on true events? Yeah. Oh, I didn't and, know. Yeah, and so like my job essentially, because I worked on the off-Broadway production of it, like my job was essentially to like dust off the old props from the Broadway production and okay. like and touch them up. Oh, um, this was a backwards transfer. Yes. That's a rare um, happenstance. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like if you're Avenue Q, like it works marvelously. Right? Um, Avenue Q went to New World Stages and and is thriving at all. Um, And so that's where I, like, I don't don't want to say that's where I discovered Nina Simone because, of course, like, I knew Nina Simone and I was aware of her work and everything. I knew how important she was. Um, But that was kind of, like, when, uh, like, kind of a light bulb went off in my head, like, just working on that show, hearing that music all the time and, like, hearing Sinner Man, like, every day during tech. Totally. And so that blossomed into, like, me just being like, I'm going to download a Nina Simone album. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and watching, I'm watching 30 Rock for the first time. Yeah. I'm catching up. I'm How far are you in? Like midway through season two. Okay. Um, still. Um, and this new season of American Horror Story. Like, I'm very intrigued. Roanoke? Roanoke. How's that going? I'm very intrigued. Ian and I know is I just a... said it. Go on. It, Ian's into Ryan Murphy stuff, particularly kind of. AHS. I, I'm encouraging him to watch American Crime Story, The People yeah. vs. O.J. Simpson. Like, American Horror Story is really the only, like, Ryan Murphy production that I'm into. Yeah. And, like, I think it's Did just Did you not because... watch Glee? I started watching Glee when it first came out, and I really liked it, and then as it went on, I was just like, I, gave I up... don't have time to keep up with this. I gave up on Glee in that crazy episode where Leah Michelle and Corey Monteith... <sighs> Corey Monteith. Rest in peace, Rest buddy. Rest in peace, bro. Um... Leah Michelle and Corey Monteith were going to get married and everybody took them to the train station to like wish them well. And then Diana Agron, her character was in the car on the way and she was texting them to tell them not to go without her. And then she's in a car accident and then someone, maybe there was a shooting or someone got gay bashed, like all in the same episode. And I was like, all right, I get it, Glee. You're going for, you're going for the issues, but you can't, address them all in one episode and that's my thing with ryan murphy it's like he's very much like everything and the kitchen sink oh the thing that i'm so glad ryan murphy has redeemed himself since then but i heard after i stopped watching glee that they did a school shooting episode yeah which is not uh not the craziest thing to address because school shootings are happening all the time which is very unfortunately very sad to say i had a friend in high school um who unfortunately died in the Virginia Tech shooting. So I definitely oh, wow. am very sensitive about this. And I heard that it was like this crazy nerve wracking, like minute by minute harrowing experience to watch the episode. And then in the end it was Becky, the girl who was autistic with down syndrome on the show and the whole episode. Mm. Yeah, exactly. It that's, took such, Oh, it made me so angry. Such a, it took oh, such God. a twist. It's I, like, find that, I find that problematic in a way. It's so frustrating to like, it's it's a cop-out in one way as it, for the writing, but it's also, it puts 
it puts a bad name to a disease that to a set of diseases most people don't already that already understand have a stigma and fear and fear them because they don't understand it. exactly. Oh man, so I'm oh, so God. I'm so glad that Ryan Murphy is back to just like making cool television without like trying to make you yeah. like think or something. And yeah, I mean like say what you will about his stuff. Like what I love about American Horror Story is like that everything is starting to connect now, and like yeah. you're seeing all of these six seasons so far, like. There's is there's there a, puzzle pieces ooh. like that are being put together. Like you find out, spoiler alert. Um, there is a character that they just introduced in this season that is related to someone in season four. Wow. There was there in season five. If you keep up, Lady Gaga's character goes to the murder house that takes I that season one. She was on that show. How yeah. crazy is that? So, Stephanie Germanotti. Yeah. Um, NYU dropout. Yeah. Yeah. You go, girl. You go, girl. Um, so that's what I'm watching now. Amazing. And it's. The only other thing that I will say about Ryan Murphy and his empire mm-hmm. is that the two people that are in his shows, they're both on American Horror Story, and then she also went to do Scream Queens, was um, Emma Roberts, is that yeah. her name? And her boyfriend is the shaggy-haired dude. Is, yeah, is Evan Peters. Yeah, Evan Peters. And I remember right after maybe season two debuted, there was this huge news story that broke about her beating the shit out of her boyfriend yeah. in a hotel fight. And it became clear, he didn't press charges against her, but it became clear that she was, like, irate about something and attacked him, and he just let her, like, wail on him. She, like... I remember She, that. like, broke his jaw and his wrist, and yeah. his jaw got reset, and his wrist, he was in a cast for a long time, and I don't know the whole story, but it's like, girl, get your shit together. I know. Come on. And then they kept dating, which I'm just like, wow. It's I, like, that's not healthy. Oh, my gosh. Oh, by the way, I only made it to, like, a season and a half of Glee, but that's... That's in the past. You know what? Um, you didn't really miss that much, I'm going to be honest. I remember when I was like, I turned 23 and my friend Karina was like, yeah, in the world of Glee, you would have already been cast as Fanny Bryce and then dropped out at this point. Yes. <laughs> that gets me. There's that Jay-Z laugh. Okay. <laughs> Question number four is, who was the last person you texted that was not one of us? Um, not that you received a text, but that, that I you, you reached out to. And I know it's cheating to look at my phone, so I'm not going to look at my phone. Um, oh, is it cheating to look at your phone? Are we going to make that a rule? Yes. Okay. I we're making that a we're rule. We're making that a rule now. Okay. Then I am going to say, then I'm going to say my boss. Your boss. My, okay. Um, my boss at one of my muggle jobs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just because like it takes me out of the city once a week and I always have to text her and be like, hey, my bus is on its way. Okay. Hey, my bus is close. And then like since then it's just been you because we've been coordinating on today. Today was a manic um, day. It really yeah. was. Okay. Yeah. And then the final question, who, living or dead, do you wish well today? Hmm. I phrased that weird. Name a person. (laughs) (laughs) Name a person, living or dead, that you would like to wish well today. I would like to wish. And it's funny because we created these questions and, like, we've done two tests. It's Um, hard to pick people to wish well. It is. (laughs) Um, I'm going to do the same as one of my test episodes. Okay. And I'm going to wish... One of my former uh, teachers, Michael Caballa, well, because he is going through a tough time right now, and with his health. And the good news is he's going to be okay. Amazing. Um, and he's passed down sort of a job to me as a result, um, which is like an honor in that way, um, because I never realized until college like ha- like exactly what he instilled in me and what skills and what confidence and what work ethic he instilled like he he I don't want to say beat into me because that sounds like he beat me but no, he but he didn't um 
but that he like drove into me. Yeah. Um, and every so often, especially lately, I think back on that and I think like, wow, he he's was one of those people who really taught me how to be in this profession. Yeah. And whether or not you're working, those skills carry you. And so, Michael Kabbalah, thank you. All the vibes, all the positive vibes. All the vibes, Michael. And I wish you well. We wish you a speedy recovery as well. We're so glad that you're going to be healthy and happy and whole once more. Yeah. Um, if anybody would like to send Michael good vibes, you know that you can email us at any time at thisweeksthing at gmail.com. We will make sure that Michael gets the message. Yeah. My turn. Your turn. So. Um, I feel like I'm going to fail this test. Last Last time that he asked me these questions, I was not ready. And I think I gave really cop-out answers. It's okay. I don't even remember them. Um, <laughs> That's why they Yeah, you don't remember them because uh, they were well, boring. <laughs> so, uh, what are you obsessed with right now? I am obsessed with right now re-watching 30 Rock. We mentioned 30 Rock yeah. a little bit earlier. I think that 30 Rock is just incredible. I think that it is one of the most... Uh, it's a highly intelligent show without broadcasting to you that it's a highly intelligent show. Although you do need to have a little bit of a... You need to be a little bit of a wordsmith to get it. You have to have that savvy. You gotta have that savvy a little bit, but it's not so savvy that like any layman who has never even heard of Rockefeller Center or television production could watch it and be like, ha like, that's funny. See, the Jay-Z laugh is even coming up in... That's your thing now. It's cool. It's not my thing now. It's not my okay, thing okay, now. Okay, fine. Okay. That that's is not, not the, the thing, thing that, that happened, happened this week. week. Okay. Um, but yeah, 30 Rock is just incredible. Ian is, is partway through the second season for his first watch. I am now, I want to say at the top of season four, or the end of season four and this is my maybe third time watching it all the way through because the second time was spotty I picked favorite episodes I just really needed to have a binge to get me to November 25th when the Gilmore Girls drop on the Netflix um if anyone has any connection to anyone from Gilmore Girls please hook us up oh my gosh oh my gosh I feel like I'm falling apart just thinking about (laughs) how I oh I'm so if you have a connection to the Gilmore guys. If you have a connection to the Gilmore guys. That's what I want to talk to. Kevin T. Porter and Demi Adigiwebe. I said his name right. Ha ha. Nice. Um, they are just genius podcasters. If you're not listening to the Gilmore guys, you don't even need to watch Gilmore Girls to listen to the Gilmore guys. That's how great they are. Awesome. Yeah, and they're a bunch of UCB guys as well. Cool. Yeah. Now, you're stranded on a desert island. Mm-hmm. You can only have three things. Mm-hmm. And this island, it only has, it has plenty of fruit trees. Okay. But you're allergic to these... To all of... To all the fruits. But that being said... But that being said, like, and there's only, like, three different kinds. Okay. Do I get to pick the different kinds? I mean, there's only... I mean, you're allergic to them all, so yeah, go crazy. Okay, well, it depends on if I can use them as resource. I mean... Banana peels could be useful, right? Oh, oh, yeah. But I'm allergic to everything. Okay. But I mean, like, I didn't say how you're allergic to it. Like, Mm. okay, I'll clear it. You're allergic if you eat them. Oh, okay. You can like touch them and thing. It's not like being in an airplane with peanuts and shit. Mm-hmm. Like you can like you can touch these and you can utilize them. You just can't use them for you just can't digest them. Okay. Um <laughs> I would bring I would bring um a bunch of straw, a hot glue gun, <laughs> and a coconut bra so I could <laughs> glue all the fruit to my <laughs> to my head. And then be the Chiquita Pepper. <laughs> I can't even. I can't 
finish the joke. <laughs> I love how, like, your version of this desert island is like, fuck it, I'm going out in a blaze of glory and fruit. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, I'm like crying. I am so happy for you that this happened. That you have caused yourself to laugh to the point of tears. There was, there was only one time that this was more embarrassing was I laughed. My friend Julie that I mentioned earlier, I laughed so hard at something she said once when we were on our national tour. We were in a La Quinta hotel room in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and she said something so funny that I laughed until I threw up. <laughs> I have very I have very visceral reactions. <laughs> All right, for those that missed it, the thing that was funny was that I was trying to build a hat out of this fruit that I couldn't consume, but I was going to build into a Chiquita banana lady hat. <laughs> but, like, I'm just getting the mental image of you just, like, being on this island, just looking around and being like, mm, fuck it. Like, <laughs> I'm going to build a hat. Just like, I guess. I guess there's nothing else to do. Oh, well, that's what Tom Hanks did with that volleyball. Touché. Wilson! Are you going to name your hat? Um, My hat's Margaret! Debbie. It's Debbie, okay? Sorry. It's Debbie. Sorry. <laughs> Got real. All right. Did, um, I, did I meet Desert Island? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We had check. Um, Cha-check. Uh, we talked a little about what you're watching, but okay. what are you listening to? I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, last night was the third and final presidential debate. Today is October 20th for those that hear this when we finally drop the episode as a debut, a debut. Um, but last night was the presidential debate. And um, one of the shows that I really like is the NPR Politics Podcast. And um, they just have a really friendly kind of non, non-partisan way of just discussing the facts they say it with a with a color to the commentary that is um, strong enough to know that they get that some of the stuff that happens is crazy or funny or offbeat. Like they they meet those moments, but they don't get so far detracted by that that they lose sight of like here are the facts and here's what you need to know. If you didn't watch X Y Z happened, here's a new policy proposal. You know whatever. Um, so I'm listening to the NPR Politics awesome. podcast and pretty much the whole NPR network is amazing including this american life and of course the best podcast of all time serial yeah serial season one well serial season one yeah we can go into that later but for anyone who really cared about what happened to bo bergdahl i mean that story was so old i didn't finish it i finished it because i didn't want to i just didn't want to miss out if suddenly it got much better but it didn't get much better although in the middle of season two they were doing like short form excerpts of what was happening to adnan syed's yeah, uh, uh, um, the the retrial, like they, Well, but it wasn't a retrial. What was it? It was a, it was a just appeal, a hearing, a hearing, a hearing yeah. for appeal for a retrial. Yeah. Yes. Fun fact: This American Life did a whole episode on the town that I grew up next to. What? Yeah. Long story short, it's being overrun by this like wave of um, Hasidic and Orthodox Jews. So they're like finding their ways into power, like on council boards and wow. like on school boards and stuff. And, it's and outside all about, of Brooklyn to have outside a, of Brooklyn a, a large. Uh, like conglomeration, a large group. Well, there's a whole migration now. Um, and my mom actually of read Hasidic a book. Jews. Yeah, like wow. going upstate, like through my hometown, like you're seeing more and more. And like, I think they're just slowly like trekking their way up to Canada, I guess. Wow. Um, yeah. And like, there's actual studies well, on it. My, maybe mom because... read, my mom read a book on it. Like it's fascinating stuff. I mean, maybe they're feeling otherized right now. Maybe they're feeling the xenophobic vibes and mm-hmm. maybe Canada is, is the safest place for anyone who isn't donald trump well donald trump is a danger to himself yes 
<laughs> and that's not even a controversial statement to make at this point. No, it's and it's tag. not. You know what? And he's going to help us. He's going to grab it by the pussy and get it done. Yeah. I, that's the only way that in all those locker rooms I grew up in, that's the only way I learned how to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Billy Bush was there, wasn't he? You grew yeah. up with Billy Bush? Oh, yeah, yeah. He was my gym teacher. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, so that's what I'm listening to. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, gosh. I'm, I'm listening to, to NPR and videos of, uh, of assault and chauvinism. Yeah. Yeah. America. America. It's not Sha- America. It America's not already America. great. Go fuck America's yourself. America's already great. But, Go fuck yourself. But to be fair, I fucking love Canada. I've never been to Canada. It's so beautiful. Yeah? Yeah. Maybe we should maybe we should take a weekender. I would more than willingly do a live show in Canada. Whoa, live show. All right. If we're not doing live shows in New York City sometime in the next year, we can make a goal. To do one in Canada. To do one in Canada. I'm more than happy to do that. If there's anyone Canadian or or um, expatriate Canadians living here in America that would like to reach out to us and tell us where to go, where good, where good spots are. Because I know up. the film industry is all about Toronto and Vancouver, particularly yeah. Vancouver. Um, Montreal's just beautiful. Montreal. Like, so it beautiful. all sounds incredible. I mean, yeah. even, isn't Saskatchewan... It's supposed to be great. Yeah. I mean, uh, my friends and I were talking about taking a cross-country road trip and at one point, And then I was like, well, why don't we actually just drive up into Canada, do a cross-Canada road trip, Ooh. and then get to Alaska that way? Oh, wow. Alaska. Alaska. Um, Best movie ever filmed in Alaska is The Proposal. And I will fight anyone who says otherwise. I believe you. Was that three or four? That's three. That was three. Question number Question four. Question four. Who besides me was the last person you texted? I'm pretty sure since we've made this rule where we can't look, I'm I'm pretty sure it's this guy that I've been talking to on Bumble. Bumble mm-hmm. is a dating app, <laughs> and um, I gave him my number yesterday, just to be because because logging into logging into an app to just let someone know how your day was is just like oh it's so exhausting. I'm just like this is so much easier. It used to be like a danger to give your address and phone number and everything. But now, if anyone searches me at Womanship, you're going to know exactly where I am at all times. Exactly. Um, so it's not really Social that, media. It's not that dangerous. And when you delete someone's number, you're already at a place of ghosting or amicable parting of the ways. So it's not like it's a danger to, you know, he's not going to harass me. If he harasses me, you know. Then you have more than enough, like, proof to be like, hey, police, well, catch and, this fucker. And this is not to discredit cyberbullying, but I don't consider someone who just keeps texting you and texting you and texting you as cyberbullying. I just, you know. No, I think cyberbullying is the line where it's like bullying. Yeah, no, bullying and, like and internet focused. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um. So anyway, it was that guy. Oh, cool. And finally, who do you wish well? One person, alive or dead, wish him well. So the last couple of test casts, Ian knows that I have been politically minded and I was wishing well um, the Obamas particularly. I think that I'm going to switch it up now and I'm going to thank my fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Triantos. Ooh. She had a fancy name, that right? That is a fancy name. I think it was her name uh, from her marriage. Is that Greek? Triantos? Doesn't it sound Greek? I don't know. Maybe... It's the O's at the end that I'm just assuming. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, um, Katsopolis. Katsopolis. Yeah. One of my mentors was a Katsakos. Uh, One of my brother's best friends, uh, his last name is Afantakis. Wow. I think the I-S as opposed to the O-S is a mm. little more Greek at the end, but I mean, it could be Triantos, it sounds like it. Yeah. I remember that she was the first teacher that, um, encouraged me to do a gifted and talented program. 
which sounds really bougie. GNT is really where a lot of kids who are creatively minded, even if they're not necessarily the smartest or the most gifted or the most talented in their classes, it gives an outlet that wouldn't otherwise be available. So the fourth grade was the first year that I did a gifted and talented program by her recommendation. And um, I really felt like I was thriving being asked questions and not feeling stupid about about being smart. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And then I ended up doing G&T and Socratic seminars all through Ooh. the rest of school. I mean, I was reading uh, The Jungle by the sixth grade. Like, oh, wow. You know? and Heavy. And, it's heavy, yeah, yeah, Sinclair is heavy, but but it, it wouldn't have been for her because she set me on that path, and then I was recommended into all these other programs, which is That's really wonderful. cool. And then I threw it away for a Bachelor of Fine Arts. No. <laughs> 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 uh, but I... Haha, <laughs> 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 it's, it's funny because it's true. We're artists. Send us money. Um... But it sounds like it was someone who saw something special in you in a good way and gave you the opportunity to foster that, to foster what was unique and great about you. And those are the best kind of teachers. That's real. And that's wonderful. Well, and my fourth grade boyfriend, his name was Evan Gray, and she put him in the program too, and we sat next Mm. to each other. She knew it was up. I mean, it's fine, whatever. Like, it's fine. (laughs) He was just super cute. (laughs) So, guys, that is the show. That was the the thing that happened this week. Yeah. Here comes the social media. Plugs on plugs on plugs. Plugs on plugs on plugs. Okay, I'm going to take the requests, and you can take the tags. Ready? Yes. Okay. Ready? Okay. okay, here are the requests. Every episode of this show takes a lot of time and patience and editing, and we so appreciate that you take the same amount of time to listen to it. That being said, we desperately need your help to rate, comment, like, and subscribe to the episode, to the show. When this hits iTunes, it will be imperative for us to get a followership, and the only way that other people that don't know Ian and I personally The only way they can find it is through rates and comments, likes, and subscribes. So please, if you have any interest in anything we talked about tonight, even if you're just taking pity on us, just subscribe. I mean, it's it's one click, one click, y'all. One fucking click. One fucking click. But if you do that, we will be eternally grateful. The other thing that we will be eternally grateful for are donations. Mm. We have set up a GoFundMe page, and if you go to thisweeksthing.com, On the last page where you can follow us, find our contact information, and submit anything to us in terms of emails or just a a comment, um, you can find our Donate to the Show button. It will take you to the GoFundMe campaign. Any amount is appreciated. And if you ever donate, you will be thanked on the show. You get special shout-out. And you are always welcome as a donor to come and watch us record. Absolutely. Yes. And if there's ever live shows, like, you'll be, like, let's just say you'll be calm. You'll be calm to the live shows. Yeah. Yeah, um, 100%. Because your your donation paid for the live show. Exactly, <laughs> so yeah. You'll get a producer credit, honey. Pretty much, yeah. yeah pretty like, much. Not even pretty much, like exactly much. Exactly, because um, that's what it is. It will help us buy new equipment. We're going to get into a studio soon. Yeah. And it's to make our guests feel special. We'll be able to send them thank you gifts whenever they join us. I'll have an excuse to leave my apartment. Yeah, we'll have a reason to live. Yeah. Please. (laughs) So that is all the requests that we have. Rate, comment, like, subscribe to the podcast. If it is on your heart, it would mean so much to us. And please donate if that is also on your heart. Yeah, if it's on your heart and your wallet. 
heart, <laughs> heart and your wallet because we know a lot of the people that will be listening to this are our artistic friends and we just appreciate you listening yeah. if you have the availability the ability to donate it is also appreciated but by no means required exactly alright let's talk right. social media Ian. social media you can find us at this week's thing on Twitter at is it this week's thing.com? This week's thing.com. At this week's thing.com. Amazing. Um, pre- we're pretty much this week's thing on all of the social media. Everywhere. Um, individually, you can find Claire on all the social needs at womanship. That's literally woman and ship put like together. Like a lady on a boat. Like w O M A N S H I P. You can find me on Twitter and Snapchat. And you can find me at ibroski, I-B-R-O-S-K-I, on every social media platform, Twitter, Instagram. Snapchat. Snapchat. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess that's my You don't really use your Snapchat. I don't really, but like, I, like I'll, I'll have like bursts of like Snapchat inspiration. Yeah. So like, so yeah, follow me on that just in case it's like, I t- and just in case I pick it up again. But yeah, so that's where you can find all of us. And That is exactly where you can find us. Please visit thisweeksthing.com if you have any questions, comments, concerns, hopes, Hope, dreams, dreams, fears. Fears, yes, tell us your fears. We want to talk about it on the show. Yeah, and if you, especially if you can interpret Claire's dream from this episode, we would love that. Oh, please, somebody send me the answers. And we will recap it on the next episode. Oh, we would love to. If you ever have responses or shout-outs, uh, essentially, we we are open and willing and ready and able to make you a part of the show actively. And yeah. when you listen to the next one, you might be a part of it. All right, guys, All right. I think we did it. I'm Claire Manship. I'm Ian Brodsky. And that was the, the thing, thing that, that happened, happened this week. week. Bye, y'all. Bye. Followed another dose of bitter medicine A better man might cry The weight of written words falling to the floor I took it as a sign
same. Hey. 